me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Sports Nut Podcast. This is a talk where we talk about everyday sports and that includes hockey to the much dismay of everybody on ESPN who seem to hate hockey at the highest level. We will actually talk hockey. Oh yeah, we do. And when I talk about we, of course, on the other side of the mic from me, Although it sounds like we're in the same room, he's actually, oh, probably about 2,000 miles away from me. I'm just guessing there, maybe 1,800 miles away from me. But he is the one, the only, you hear him other places too, Mr. Lowercase Bruce today. My friend Tracy, how are things going today? I am doing awesome. Uh, This is the most wonderful time of the year for sports. And you're asking, huh? Isn't that Christmas? Nope. If you're a sports person, you got every sport going in. Now you got hockey, you got basketball, you got baseball. You even have the football draft next week. You have everything minus there's really not much going on in the CFL. I'm a big, huge Canadian football follower. Not much going on there, but they are actually going to get into their training camps, I believe, in a month, month and a half. So they'll kick off pretty quick. So this is the most wonderful time of the year. Do you think so too, Bruce? Oh, of course, without a doubt. But before we even go that much further, I understand we have mail. Yes, we had a question this week. Thank you for sending in. Speaking of that, if you have any questions, just send it to Tracy at podnos.com. This question comes in from Mike. Now, I do not use your last name unless you specifically tell me, yes, say my last name. Other than that, I just use your first name or your synonym if you so desire. Let me know or made-up name. I don't care. But he says, Tracy, I know you're a cord cutter. How do you watch sports being a cord cutter? That's a good question. And we kind of mentioned it in the past a little bit, and I really haven't discussed it too much. So I'm going to take a little time here, not too much, and tell you how I watch sports being a cord cutter. Now, uh, about oh late October, I did break down and get Sling TV. So I guess my true cord cutter now, eh, probably not. But I don't. I hardly pay anything per month for that. I pay like twenty five bucks. Uh, I think twenty eight dollars. I pay. The reason I got that it has the NHL Network on there now, and I can get the NHL Network. And now that I have that, it makes it a lot easier. Sling TV. You have a choice of two packages. You can get the ESPN side, or you can get the Fox side. I chose the Fox side because being in my area, all. The Rangers games, all the Stars games, and the Mavericks games are all on Fox Sports Southwest. So I get all the local games on there. I get the NBA network. I get the NFL network. I get Red Zone. I get the NHL network. I'm really hoping they get the MLB network. I really am. They keep saying, uh, I keep hearing rumors that it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. They've been saying that for over a year now. So that's how I consume a lot of my local sports. But I don't watch too many local sports. I would rather watch a good game than my favorite team play. It's just the way I am. So I do pay. It's not like I... One misnomer people get when they say you're a cord cutter, you get everything free. No. No, 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 no. You do pay. I just pay a heck of a lot less than what most people are paying. 
up until this year, I paid for the MLB at bat. Um, it's $120 a year. This year, I actually got it free. If you're a T-Mobile customer, last week, you got it absolutely free for a year. The big subscription, which is nice. And they've done it for a couple years now. So next year, if you're a T-Mobile customer, they have what's called T-Mobile Tuesday. Make sure you look at it starting a few weeks before baseball starts. You'll probably get it free. If not, 120 bucks, you get all the games, every team, every game, all year long. Now, local blackout rules do apply. And you should know what teams are blacked out for your area team and or teams. If you want to talk about is that right, that's eh, a whole other discussion. Now, in baseball, you can watch the game. It's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes after the game ends. So for me, when the ninth inning, the last out, a half hour later, I can go back and watch the replay. When you say watch the replay, you get every team, every game from the beginning of the year. So up until the season starts next year in the 2018 year, I can go back and watch every game from every team if I want to in the offseason. But tonight, there's probably about, oh, I don't know, 12, 13 games I thought I saw in there for tonight, all the different teams. So I can just pick a team. I want to watch a game. I can watch the home feed, the away feed, or I can just listen to the audio, either audio. So there's four feeds from every game, home and away video and home and away audio. That's baseball. That's how I consume all my baseball. Now, besides the major league, there's also the minor leagues. This is a good one. This is only like 30 bucks. If you're strapped for cash and are a baseball lover, this is the one to get. It's like $30, MILB.com or .tv, I forgot. But that's the uh, minor league. That's why, that's why it's MILB, the minor MI. Well, you get pretty much every game, all the AAA affiliates, all the AA affiliates, all the single A affiliates, and a lot of the independent leagues around there too. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So... Uh, the Frisco Rough Riders are a local double-A team by me. They're on there. The Texas uh, the uh, Texas triple-A affiliate down in Round Rock, Texas, they're on there. But if I want to watch the Erie team, hey, I can watch the Erie. You know, So all the minor league teams are there. Almost all of them have announcers. A couple of the A, a affiliates don't have announcers. You're just seeing feeds and you hear the sounds of the game, which is pretty cool too. That's how I consume baseball. If so, if you want both for about 150 bucks, you'll get all the major league games and all the minor league games. And in the MILB, the minor league, none of them are blacked out. So I can have, even though it, a lot of the Frisco Rough Rider games are on a local station, they don't block it out for streaming. So that's how I consume baseball. Football, pretty much over the air. Um, I do subscribe to the NFL Pass where I get all the replays of the game, nothing live. Uh, but there's a way um, um, with the local antenna, you get a few games, not a lot, but a lot more streaming. You have Twitter streaming. This year you're going to have Amazon streaming instead of Twitter. And there's also a free service. It's free to pay. It's called USA TV Now that you can sign up for the free account. And it's their, their home networks are out of Pittsburgh. So... Whatever the local games are in Pittsburgh from the CBS and the Fox affiliates, you'll get those games too. You can stream. Pretty cool. If you pay, you can get DVR service and all the other stuff, but I just get the free service through them. And then I'll watch the replays on the NFL thing. I pay for service on that. So that's how I consume football.
basketball i really don't consume it anyway i don't really watch it too much so that uh if i'm in the mood the nba network or fox sports will have some so but hockey now this one i do i pay for two subscriptions i pay for the nhl uh nhl.tv uh, it's like 140 150 bucks again i get every team every game all year long local blackouts rules apply just like the baseball i can watch all the replays everything like that so i have all that hockey i also pay for the khl subscription and that costs me about 45 dollars a year and the khl is the league over in russia and uh, eastern europe and they're actually expanding a little more and i hear germany is actually going to get a team in there and this year come next year or the year after whatever so and that is actually some really good hockey uh, i really like watching khl games too so that's how i consume most of my sports uh espn do i miss espn uh, yeah a little bit uh there's not too much on espn anymore because the streaming they used to have you know it's done by twitter or amazon now they just get the live broadcast they don't get the streaming rights so it's not that big of a deal and sometime this year espn's coming out with an option to pay I think the initial thing is going to be like eight, nine dollars a month to get the like three, four ESPN. So that's basically how I consume sports. I get more sports than I ever so desire. And if you're into soccer, boy, oh boy, uh, YouTube live feed and Facebook live feeds have soccer games on there all the time. So that's how you can consume those there too. So that's how I consume a lot of my sports. Do you do any of them, Bruce? No, actually, uh, everything is done through Fios, and I already have, uh, you know, the NHL package, and I also have the MLB network, which gives me everything that I need, and, of course, the NFL network, and the funny part about it is, is that because those three major networks exist, and Fox or FX1 has UFC and occasionally boxing. I also have Showtime and HBO, which allows me to catch the other uh, boxing matches as well. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I don't miss ESPN at all. In fact, I haven't watched any of their shows for quite some time. I mean, every once in a while they may have some collegiate sports on, but uh, no, I'm... I pay a lot of money for my cable, so bottom line is that I've got the major channels, and that's really what I go through. But I'm really interested more on the uh, minor league aspect of it because uh, we talked about it shortly, about uh, um, these games being a lot more interesting to watch. And it's pretty competitive. I like the fact that these guys are fighting for a spot for the big show, and they lay it all on the line. I mean, you will not find a more exciting game. Uh, and we're sandwiched between where I am right now. I'm sandwiched between the Sea Dogs out of Portland, Maine, and uh, the uh, Pawtucket Red Sox, who are literally 45 minutes away. But um, it would be nice to see them a little bit more in a regular basis. Now, I'm kind of curious on the football side of things, because you're centrally located, which means... That on a good day, I would almost think that if you had a somewhat decent antenna, you could catch anything from the Kansas City Chiefs to Dallas to Houston to possibly New Orleans. And maybe, well, no, I think that would be stretching it. But um, I would think that you would actually be able to get those on just regular air. Am, am I wrong? Well, the way the football works in this area is everything around here is local to Cowboys. 
in, in Houston is too far away. Kansas City is too far away. Now, where I am, I live northeast of Dallas out in the country. And I, I, since all the towers in the Dallas area are south of Dallas, they're about 60, 70 miles away from me. I don't have a big antenna. I just got a higher-end antenna. Well, I say higher-end. It's still only $60. But it's good for up to 150 miles. So I have that up and it's face south. Now, it's a motorized one where I can turn it. Where it does come in handy is on Saturdays for college games. If I point at the stations to the south of me in Dallas, I get the Texas, the Texas A&M, the Texas Techs, and Austin, and all of them, all of them. If I turn it to the north, then I start getting the Oklahoma, you know, the Cowboys or the Sooners. So, and if I point it east, I can get the LSU coming from uh, the far east Texas, because right there on the border, most of those uh, are LSU fans. So that's where that comes in handy is actually on the college days. Uh, the uh, pro, it's, no, it, Houston's just too far away, and that would be the only one. And uh, I don't even know an antenna I could get. I'm sure there is out there one I could get to focus all the way down there, but it wouldn't be worth it just, just to get the Houston Texans to me. Huh, nice. Actually, um, seeing that we are on the uh topic of college football did you want to segue into the uh draft sure we can make a couple things in the draft this year since the draft is next year we will talk about this next week a little more but i'm going to make another bold prediction here i think there's going to be more trades in the first round than there has been in recent history i really think this year there is going to be a ton of trades and not necessarily for moving up a lot of teams are going to want to try to move down because they don't need there's not that top consensus quarterback a lot of teams have to go up and get so those top teams are going to try to trade down and a couple of the lower teams can try it up uh, there's also teams like minnesota who doesn't have a first round pick but they have two or three in the third, a couple in the fourth. So they might try to bundle something to move up the first round because first rounds are valuable. Under the new pay structure, it's guaranteed you have a whole extra year control on first round picks. That's why first round picks are very valuable. You have that extra year control on the player. So that's where that, I think, will come in handy. Uh, they, so they might try to come up. Uh, will... Uh, it work out i don't know but i think there's going to be a ton of trades and don't be surprised if uh i forgot his name i just tip of my tongue uh the running back uh, the the one that was in that got in trouble for hitting that girl do you remember who that is ray rice no 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 for college oh uh, no i'm sorry uh clooney no i forgot well everybody knows who he is i'm sorry for that but uh He's kind of like a hot potato. Uh, he would be a very he would be the top running back taken no matter what high first round pick. But a lot of teams are going to pass on him. Don't be surprised if slides to the second round if it gets to Minnesota and they take him so they can have a re, uh, running back. Because if you look at Minnesota's history, they have a history for taking college trouble college and turning them around. Randy Moss, remember Adrian Peterson. Besides having a little injury thing. Uh, he had a couple off-the-field issues that were minor, but they were like, well, between the two. So he fell down to Minnesota, and it's happened before. So, uh, you know, I think good places, Seattle, New England, and Minnesota, I think are really good 
places that trap. But we'll get into some more draft talk next week. So since it's going on and on, uh, do you hear the latest rumors about Adrian Peterson now? No, I wasn't even aware that people are still talking about him at this point. Yeah, come out that he says now he's not going to sign till after the draft. Well, maybe not by choice, but he says he's not going to sign till after the draft, but somebody gives him a deal, you know, he'll sign. But it came out that he was not accepting anything below $6 million. So if there was a team out there that was offering below six, he wasn't even accepting it. So his value of himself was way more than everybody's out there. <laughs> so that kind of shocked me. I think maybe he was thinking, I want four or something like that. But his price was way up there. No team will touch him at that rate. Even with incentives, I really doubt they would do that. And even $4 million is a little bit on the high side, even with incentives, because you look at some of the – you're looking at what New England is going to do with Blount. I, I don't even think they want him for a million. I would be surprised if they signed him for more than 800000 this year. Yeah, I think whoever signs him is going to sign him fairly low with incentives. Could it be up to four, six time down? Sure, if he has an awesome year. But I think it's going to be pretty low. And there is just a, they announced this morning that the schedule is going to be released Thursday afternoon. So this Thursday afternoon, um, there will be the schedule with final playing. And hearing the latest rumblings on that... I heard some on a local radio station here this afternoon. Did you hear about uh, the rumblings on that? If you're talking about New England and Atlanta, yes. Well, what what I heard was opening night was um, it originally, and, and it might change, who knows, it originally had opening Atlanta Stadium, opening Sunday night, Minnesota was going to be there. Well, New England said, we want that game, and Jerry said, we want that game. So, I think whoever gets the game has the biggest stick. So, uh, I don't think Minnesota has much of a chance. Um, to uh, Maybe they'll say, nope, that's our decision. But uh, TV ratings-wise, um, I think they will actually get a little more bump from uh, Dallas than they would the Patriots, because the Patriots are going to draw big because you love to hate them and you love to love them. You're one of the two camps, and they always draw good games no matter what. So opening weekend, they can have them you know, against the Chargers and uh, have good ratings. So um, I, for some reason, I think Dallas is going to win out some way like that, and I think Minnesota is going to be on the outside looking in. Well, from the initial discussions around here, it made it sound like New England was going to open up against Atlanta, and Atlanta was going to have to sit there while they raised the banner uh, for the Super Bowl. And, wow, you talk about kicking somebody while they're down. Well, they Atlanta has a new stadium. Um, unless they do that week two, I don't think they'll have because every way in the past uh, has been – you always opened up at home for a new stadium in the past. In the past, like, five or six years of new stadiums, not only did you open up at home, you had the Sunday night game. So that's why everybody was saying the Sunday night and somebody leaked on the schedule saying Minnesota might be there. And then they're saying, you know, Jerry and uh, the uh, New England are both saying, you know, no, we want that Sunday night game. So... Yeah, it, it it'll it'll be fun to see what actually happens. 
you know, now that all this is happening, the NFL could try to throw a curveball and, you know, and, and they'll bring in the Raiders or something like that. Well, you know, again, I, I'm really surprised that they wouldn't go after the really big markets. And to tell you the truth, I mean, if they're going to do something like that, I'm hoping that it actually ends up with Dallas opening against a competitive team because, let's face it, nobody wants to see Dallas beat up on some third rate out there. And, uh, you know, and I think that goes true with the, just about any NFL matchup. I mean, you're going to have your home teams. But for Thursday and Monday nights, they really have to pick up those games because, well, first of all, the Thursday night games are just give-me's for them. Nothing is going on, and that market is for them alone. But, you know, when they put Miami versus New York, nobody's going to watch that. And what's worse, last year it looked like uh, you had the red and green M&Ms facing off against each other. Yeah, well, one good thing on that that's coming um, they started it last year with the Sunday night game where they actually picked the game a couple weeks before. So you didn't pick the Sunday night game at the beginning of the year. They tentatively schedule somebody there, but about two, three weeks before they, uh, they can change it um, under certain circumstances. That way the network has time to put the schedule out and get people there and yada, yada, yada. So they can actually have a more compelling game. I think they're about two years away of realistically saying three weeks out, they announced the, you know, not the Thursday. I think Thursday night has to be stuck uh, just because of scheduling. Cause you can't have somebody away on Sunday and then play away on Thursday. That just won't work. So Thursday night might be stuck, but I think Sunday night and Monday night will be picked about three weeks before, which will be make a lot more competitive nationally games. But Thursday night, you're right. They have to look at that market and, you know, and say, really, you know, you guys are really, you know, going to schedule, you know, Jacksonville, you know, San Diego. Really? You know, they just have to think. Well, and there's nothing wrong with rivalry night. I mean, you've got so many rivalries out there that you can keep these games interesting regardless of what the record is. Uh, you look at Chicago and Green Bay, Dallas and Washington, Oakland and Pittsburgh. Those are marquee games, and it doesn't matter where those guys are in the standings. You're going to get a dogfight in every one of those games. And I think that when you do that, that's what makes the NFL exciting to watch. You know, again, like you said, nobody's going to watch Jacksonville. Even the folks in Jacksonville don't watch Jacksonville. So I'll be very curious to see, hopefully one day, that they take this kind of uh, idea or suggestion and run with it. Exactly. Speaking of the NFL, a quick news article on the NFL. St. Louis is suing the NFL because of the relocation of the uh, of St. Louis, the Rams, when they moved back to Los Angeles. And what is their concern is the last, when they were negotiating at the end of stay, it's come out that the NFL and the Rams never even showed up to any of the meetings. They had zero interest in staying in St. Louis. Zero. They didn't even meet to talk. And a part of their agreement when they moved there, when they were giving them all this stuff, was they would have to meet if they ever decided to move, and they didn't. So there's some money there. But NFL could countersuit them. There was certain things St. Louis was supposed to do over the years that they never did. So this is, I think, is going to be a tick for tack 
type thing like that. So we'll see how that uh, lawsuit goes for that. I, I feel for the folks at St. Louis. I really do for a couple of reasons. They had they never had a winning record there. And what's worse is that it was always full of hope and promise. But quite frankly, the fans did pretty much what they were asked to do. They showed up to those games despite the fact that the Rams put out a stinker of a team out on the field. Uh, don't get me wrong. I've always been a Jeff Fisher supporter. In fact, maybe even longer than he should have been. I think that with these past three years, it, I think the curtain has been pulled back, and he's just a sham. And that's really unfortunate because they've had some really good, capable quarterbacks there that never developed under him. They've got a great running back in Todd Gurley. And, again, their offense just sputters constantly. They've never had – well, Trayvon Austin was as close as they would get to a breakaway receiver – but again, I hate the fact that the NFL took advantage of a, a town that was so desperate to put an NFL team there that they sacrificed a lot to get them there. And when they realized that it was more lucrative to move them to Los Angeles, they really should have given St. Louis a team of their own. And what the NFL did and the Rams organization in general, both of them should be ashamed for what they did. I do not like the fact that they could have pulled up stakes like they did. Yeah, uh, you're right about them. Uh, and to, unless you go all the way back to the greatest show on turf, uh, they really haven't had much. I mean, almost nothing at all. Now, here's a real question. Who broadcasting team is going to hire Jeff Fisher? And that's going to be a boring segment when he gets on. Right, because what are they going to ask him? Jeff, how do you get to 500? Well, yeah, then he talks and he's like, okay, let's get excited here. I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this game that's going to be on right now. It should be very, very exciting to watch. That's pretty much him, and it's going to be, unless he totally changes his whole persona, that'd be a boring segment to watch whatever he does. And again, he hasn't won anything that would make me want to question him about his insight to the game because he doesn't have very much of it and i'm again i'm still more bitter at the nfl for allowing this circumstance to present itself because i remember many years ago when new england threatened to move to connecticut and the funny part about it is the state of massachusetts goes don't let the door hit you on the way out and it got to the point where when they started planning all of this for connecticut the fans of uh, Connecticut were excited. They were ecstatic. Here comes the Patriots. But then when the Patriots finally looked at the revenue that they would lose moving to Connecticut, they pulled up stakes because Connecticut is New York Giants territory, and nobody's going to want to watch the Patriots there either. So um, I don't like the fact that New England played a power play like this, which they ultimately lost, but now... You know, people with short memories seem to have forgotten all of that. And let's face it, winning Super Bowls will do that. Yeah, and it amazes me how the NFL has such short memories. It wasn't too long ago that the NFL said, Los Angeles, you can't even support a NFL team. So they're, they've been trying for so long to get a team back, and now they got two there. My prediction is in four years from now, one or both of them are going to try to get out. Because in L.A., unless you're a top contender, and I'm talking you're like this last year, New England, Atlanta, you know, Cowboys, that upper in the hunt for the final every year, 
after two years, the newness wears off. They won't have anybody at the games anymore. There's too much to do in LA. They'll just skip it on Sunday and they'll, you know, do something else. So, I mean, just, just look at the Lakers. The last like four years when the Lakers haven't been contending, the, the stadium is almost, you know, it seems empty when they show it. They, what they're doing is they're moving people from way up down lower. So the basketball, it looks like it's full, but when they pan up, you can see it's pretty empty. So uh, four or five years, one or both of them are going to be clamoring to get out. Well, I also look when the Raiders played there. And the fact of the matter is, is while they played in the Rose Bowl, oh, it seats roughly 100,000. Well, actually, back then it was about 74,000. The short of it is that they never sold out a game. They never sold out a game, despite the fact that they won two Super Bowls in that stadium. And it's basketball town. L.A. does not have time for football. They could care less about football. You know, it's funny. I think if Texas had its um, way, it would gladly take on and support, I believe, wholeheartedly another NFL team because they can do it. You've got rabid fans there or any other team, uh, any other state in the South, because let's face it, you know, it's next to religion. It's the greatest thing on TV. Yeah, San Antonio, hands down, could support an NFL team. Hands down, no issues. Uh, they've already talked about how they can remodel the Alamo Dome to make it a little more, uh, get more seats and everything in there. But Jerry would never let a team that close come into Texas again. It took a lot just to get Houston there. Well, you know, it's funny because if there was actually a team that I would have been really okay with moving to San Antonio. It would have been the Raiders because the Spurs colors are also black and silver. Well, and, and not only that, the bilingual market, you also have Mexico literally right over the border. So, you know, the NFL has been trying to be a little bit more worldly. That would have been an ideal place to put a team. But, you know, like you said, with Jerry Jones and the way they had, you know, his power play, it would probably keep a team like that out. But uh, the Raiders in Las Vegas, please. Yeah, the it's a few years ago when the whole thing when Minnesota wasn't going to build a stadium. Uh, Ziggy Wolf was going to move the team to San Antonio and he had everything in place. And that's what about the stadium. I knew about the stadium. They talked about revising the Alamo dome so they could get it up to about uh high 70 thousands. And they said that would be fine for every game that they could support. So, and it basically came down to Jerry would not let a team that close in. So, yeah, so that's that. So, although I think in looking at all the markets across the U.S., I think the biggest market right now that could support a team that doesn't have one is San Antonio. I'm not saying that because I'm in Texas. It's just knowing the area and what they do. Uh, San Antonio, think of the how how fever pitched the Giants and the Jets fans are. Just just loyal to the end that's how san antonio people are for their town in their teams uh it, more than dallas more than houston more than austin uh they are really rabid for their team so there's no doubt san antonio would be a great spot for an nfl team but unless something big happens i don't think it'll happen with jerry and again, that's unfortunate because it's an opportunity lost. I look at the Raiders uh, when they played in Mexico City last year. 
to a rabid response. That game completely sold out. And, of course, it was heavily, heavily one-sided where the fan base was all in for Oakland in that game. So you don't think that they would gladly go to San Antonio to catch their favorite team uh, so close to home? Uh, that's The NFL, again, has has kicked and missed again. Exactly. Well, I think that's about it for NFL. I got one more story I do want to talk about here. Uh, and this one I want your reaction on. Uh, Seattle Mariners, at uh, where they play up in Seattle, in their dome. They have a new snack you can buy. I want to know if you would get this. And that not only is it a new snack, they're selling so much of it, they're running out. They're having a problem getting the supply in. It is... Toasted grasshoppers. Wow, I don't hate myself that much. Yeah, it's, it's, boy, I saw that and I'm like, not only it's there, they're running out. So, boy, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll, I'm sure I, I would be that hungry someday if I came to that, but, you know, hmm, what should I get? Toasted grasshoppers or a Nathan's hot dog? That's a no-brainer there. That's a no-brainer. Get the dang hot dog and put some jalapenos and mustard on that bad boy. Well, wait. Hold on. What is the price? Because i got to tell you, I don't know about you, but a hot dog at Fenway Park costs 8 bucks, And if a grasshopper is 2 and I'm hungry enough, I might. Yeah, I don't think they're too. Uh, I'm sure that like most things are on par with hot dogs for the stuff around the stadium. Uh, uh, that's why does uh, Fenway have dollar hot dog nights? No, they don't. But um, you know they're everywhere. Yeah, da- uh, the Rangers. There's probably about six to ten nights a year. It's dollar hot dogs, and it's flipping awesome. Uh, about two, three years ago, I went to a game on dollar hot dog. I really didn't know it was dollar hot dog night, and I got there and I saw the sign dollar hot dog night, and I'm like, heck yeah! So uh, I remember when the guy walked by, handed him a five, and I just said, yep. Give me five. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, we have something up here called the Hot Dog Safari, which is all the money raised for it, it goes to uh, the Jimmy Fund, which is, is a good cause. Uh, the funny part about it is that usually when I go to these things, it's a dollar a hot dog, too. And I remember the last time I went a couple of years back, um, uh, I was literally only a half an hour into it when I realized I had already eaten 10 hot dogs. So, yeah, the pros eat there. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's just something good about hot dogs. I don't know what it is. It's it's just greatness. <laughs> I don't know what else to say except mm, hot dogs are good. It's the sodium nitrate. Yeah, it's it's get to it's something that's yeah, maybe maybe they put little pieces of crack in there and we just don't know it. <laughs> Damn you, Nathan's. Exactly. Well, hey, we are half hour into this and we need to get into our main segment here. We said we were gonna talk about about the USA women's hockey. Now, I'm going to admit I was wrong this year. I predicted USA and Canada in the final game, but I predicted Canada to win. So I want to say I'll eat crow, and I'm happy to eat crow in this case. Congratulations, Women's USA. Well, I was actually excited. For me, uh, I think that I I knew it would be 
pretty hotly contested. But again, uh, this is four years in a row where the U.S. has knocked off Canada. And of course, they were both dogfights as expected. Uh, but I was glad to see actually the bigger win was actually off the ice. And that was uh, with their pay. And one of the great parts about it is that the U.S. men's team supported the women in this because shortly before the World Games, the women said, listen, we need to do something about the inequity in pay because they currently get $1,000 a month. Now, $1,000 a month translates to 12000 a year. And, you know, there are some single women there, but there are also women who are part of families. That does nothing for them. And the men uh, on the other side, they're getting roughly about four to $5,000 uh, a month for their their trials and tribulations. Well, the women won. They said if uh, we didn't get an inequity, I mean, an equity pay raise, we would stop playing. And it was well played because they got what they were looking for. They're getting three to four thousand uh, dollars a month now, which you know was not great pay, but it was certainly a lot better than what they were left with. Yeah, um, I'm all for the pay increase, but here's why. They were, they've been at this for a while and probably about six months ago, I read a really good article on this from uh, the Wall Street Journal of all place, I believe it was about uh, the different national teams and the pay and everything like that. And they were saying the U.S. women's hockey, and they even said back then are rumored about maybe sitting out if they don't get a pay increase. They were way back then they were saying this, you know, at the beginning of the hockey season, the men's. USA team is funded 90% by advertising and funds. The USA only pays 10%. Women's is 100% USA funded. So no one really looked at that like saying, you know, and the, the men's hockey has full-time people out there getting support, and the women have no one. That's why I wasn't too happy with this for that standpoint is why haven't the women been out there trying to get some of this outside? Because there is enough out there because as good as USA is, they could have got some privately funded stuff also. And, and all that being said, it's no here, no there. Here's what I did not like. Uh, I forgot. I forgot who it was. This was a week before, right about the time they were giving them the raise. Somebody asked them things, but right now you are making more than people in the military and they were saying, but they volunteered for that, you know, so they, you know, can get less money. Well, they volunteered to play for the women's hockey too. Those two things did not sit right with me at all. But now that it's done, I am glad there are, but they really need to start getting somebody out there and starting to get some private funding because like I says, the U S pays almost nothing for the men's because of the advertising they get from off the ice and stuff like that. So other than that, I'm happy they got their money. I'm happy the USA won and they will be dominant force for a long time. Those couple things didn't sit right with me. Uh, but other than that, I am happy. No, and I get where you're coming from on this. However, a couple of things I think is unfortunate. And it was actually addressed by a great article um, written in the uh, Toronto Globe and Mail uh, in regards to the same situation. Uh, so tearing a page out of the uh, uh, USA women's hockey, uh, what the um, writer for the Globe and Mail basically said, now that Can uh, Canada has seen what has happened, 
they need to step up their game too. So a couple of things to the point that you made about the uh, exposure and going out there and grabbing sponsors, things like that. Um, I'll be very curious to see how that gets approached because uh, very rarely do you actually see women's games being televised at all. In fact, I think outside of the fact that I knew that Phil Kessel's sister was playing on Team USA, I don't think anyone could name one uh, female player for the USA team. Not because we don't know it, just because the exposure is almost nil and how do you get to that point you know because you one of the things that you had pointed out actually at the very beginning of this podcast was espn does not like hockey and so if you can't get respect from the largest sporting channel on tv then it's an uphill climb but we have an nhl network maybe it's something that they should be looking at as well because i mean they will show you the world games and i think outside of a few uh, american league hockey games every once in a blue moon that they'll show i think it's time for them to step up and have a segment on the women's side of things yeah now for the national teams uh, unless there's tournaments really no one plays them uh, where most of their come come in for is uh sponsorships for you know advertising stuff like that um which women's hockey for its following who it has they're pretty rabid um you, you get up there to the minnesota wisconsin area up there it is a strong strong women's hockey core and it's and there's other places too but that area there it's really strong so it, it really could start raising more money without going after the TV dollar because very little comes from the TV uh, from because the TV actually pays the U.S. national team, not exactly the USA team. They just pay the Olympic Committee or the National Committee, whatever it is, them as a whole. Now, they, they did get some good advice when I read an article last week week before whatever that a couple they had this with the u.s women's soccer team a few years ago and they're kind of pointing out a couple of things i said that you know you guys have to be a little more proactive too you know that's what we had to do you know you know all of us spend because they only get paid four months before the olympics and four months before the tournaments so the women aren't paid all year round so when they were paid that you know, thousand dollars a month. It wasn't even twelve thousand. It was you know four thousand because they're paid four months before. So the other times they said they really have to be proactive and going out there and trying to get some of the stuff with the women's soccer did. And I I I really think, and uh, being a realist myself, usually women learn stuff quicker than men in the long term. So I I think in three years from now. The women uh, for the national team, U.S. team, will actually be making more than the men's because I think they're going to go out and hustle for that money a little more than the men's hockey do. Because I think in the off season they're going to be they're going to be going after more like, hey, I want to start going so I can you know play the KHL or the NHL. Whereas the women, this is their life. So I think in a few years the women are going to learn and they're going to start hustling and they'll actually be making more. Oh, and I agree with that point. In fact, most likely what will happen is that they will have to uh, strictly out of survival because if they love the game and they want to continue to play it, they'll they'll definitely have to find some ways of bringing in revenue because you're right, this is it. 
they do not get to go to the NHL. Well, they do, but I mean, uh, let's see. Very few actually make the cut once it gets to that point. But, you know, I'll tell you, like anything else, one of the great things I've thoroughly enjoyed over the years is watching women's sports develop. Over, And this is from every facet, whether you're watching softball, where they're hurling the ball 100 miles an hour underhanded, um, to the point where I remember where college basketball, you used to have women who used to do set shots, for anybody who remembers that. Um, now you do have women players that are capable of dunking the ball and same thing goes with hockey man they are fast on the ice and the skills are there so uh i think actually in some cases women's soccer was what actually helped bring a lot of women's sports into focus so i like the trend i like the trend a lot the one thing i think they messed on is the uh, the world league uh forgot the world organization that puts this tournament on i forgot who it is they really messed the messed up here, in, in my opinion. Why is this tournament not in June? Why not? You will have the NHL Network pay top dollar for that to get live competitive hockey with country national grab to it in the middle of the offseason. <laughs> Boy, that's when they should have had this tournament. You would have had the stadiums packed out you, you know you'd have had uh, high ratings on tv for this because uh, come june time i start jonesing for some hockey uh you know live hockey yeah, i can go back and watch some replays but still not the same as live competitive hockey so i think i think if they switched it they would even make more money or they could get advantage of that idiotic break uh, before the uh, all-star which i wish they would just get rid of that but um anyway those are me just being old and angry now the question on that is they tested it this year remember how each team got a week off do you think they'll get rid of it this was a temp trial um i think they will i think it was a big fail i think the players didn't mind it but if you looked at pretty much every team came back worse off because they had to try to get their hockey legs back on them again because it's not like they could just practice this was a week off you know, unless you're um, Yager, you know, you're not going to be practicing too much. So uh, I think it was a fail. Will it come back? I don't know. Well, I hope not. I, I agree. I think it was a complete failure because, you know, the fact of the matter is it's bad enough the NHL schedulers are terrible at what they do. I don't care what you say. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that at certain points this year, Bruins were playing at one week. I knew they were playing four games and one was a series back to back. I don't like the scheduling at all. It, it's just awful. It'd be nice if they started spreading things out a little bit. And, you know, again, I think one of the problems we're starting to run into is that, you know, NBC, I love the fact that they pick up some of these games and they have rivalry night, which I, uh, I'm supposed to like. But, again, uh, they could choose better games, and I would like to see a little bit spread out because, yeah, I think you pointed it out. They do show you, um, you know, the original six, but the NHL market is much larger than that. And I think we're at a point now where you can put a lot of out-of-market games in there. And if you're worried about it, have the Kings play the Rangers. Have the Sharks play the the Bruins. You know, make it that exciting game. Yeah, well, look at uh, Hockey Night in Canada, Saturday night. You know, the late marquee game, they always have two, but the last game's a marquee game. I mean, they might have 
Minnesota Winnipeg. In the whole NBC standpoint, it's oh boy, but those ratings are top notch. Ratings will come if you give it to the opportunity, but they never give it to the opportunity. So it, it yeah, their scheduling is now. If they do want to give the week off, if they do. Why not give the whole division off the same week? Because uh, there was nothing. I it seemed like I'd watch a game, and one team I'd be like, "Man, they're just not." This is a blowout. Well, the other team has been playing steadily for three weeks, and another team just had a week off, and they had you know one practice, and you can see that you know. So if you're going to do that. Give every the whole division the week off, and right when they come back, have the division play each other so everybody's on equal footing. The first game back, then after the second, who cares? Then they should be back on track again. But that first game back, pretty much every team I saw looked worse, except I think it was the Senators who had a few in Senators, the Devils. I forgot, I forget one of them too. Um, that maybe it was a center plan, whatever. I'm mumbling again. It's they had so many injuries, little knickknacks that the week off made them all heal better and they actually played better. Except for that one, pretty much everybody else was like, ugh. Well, not to mention, uh, as we were going into the final week, we also had a little bit of a disparity too because, well, I mean, I already knew where I was going with Boston, but the fact of the matter is, is they had, um, they were they were already one game left in the season when Toronto and Ottawa both and actually Tampa Bay all had two to three games uh, in hand. So they could have, uh, you know, had Tampa Bay not failed as colossally as they did, uh, maybe the uh, playoffs or the run for the playoffs would not have been as tight. But eh, I, I absolutely did not like the time off. Yeah, and what really didn't sit well with me was the stars not only they had the week off they had two games before their week started off and they had two days off after before they they had that so you know so they were off 11 days 11 days so when they came back it was like ugh, it was ugly <laughs> i mean ugly to watch so yeah you're right their schedule is like horrible speaking of scheduling um want to revisit how we're doing in the bracket yeah, we can kind of go over that. I got it up here. Um, my biggest surprise, so is has to be Nashville shutting out uh, Chicago three nothing. Now uh, Pittsburgh is shutting out Columbus, but w I think both of us kind of said that's going to be uh, probably a five, maybe six game series. So that's right there. But I had Chicago going deep. And have you watched any of the Nashville Chicago games? No, because. Why would I? I didn't expect them to be losing this badly. Well, I watched uh, game number two. Nashville defense is just stifling. You, you can see the, and it's just frustrating Chicago because they're having a hard time getting anything going and they're getting more frustrated and they're playing worse. It's this vicious cycle that's going on. Uh, and they're getting like a top goalie play now. I mean, boy. But, uh, yeah, it, it's that to me is the big surprise. That's, uh, you know, St. Louis 3-0 over Minnesota. I think we both had that one over in, you know, five games, six games. So I think you even said that's a game somebody has to win <laughs> coming out of. 
Yeah, but unfortunately, I chose the wrong team on that side of the coin. Uh, I figured uh, Minnesota at least had the edge, but I'm actually only correct in two of these matchups all the way across the ice. Yeah, when we recorded last week, uh, right after we'd done, the game started. All the games were starting, and it was the, pretty much the first night of the games. And the first night, every team I picked won, and I was like, heck, yeah, I got this. Second night, every one I picked lost. <laughs> so I was like, oh. <laughs> so, well, yeah. And right now, I mean, I have uh, Montreal beating um, uh, New York and uh, Calgary losing to the Ducks. Those are the only two that I have right. Everybody else is tanking on me, which is awesome. Yeah, speaking of the Capitals, uh, I, are they doing the traditional Capitals playoff flop right now? Is 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 that what I'm seeing, or is Toronto that good? I I, I don't know. Um, I I really think it's the Capitals kind of flopping a little, but I could be wrong there. Uh, I could be very easily convinced the otherwise. Actually, it's Toronto stepping it up because, let's face it, they've got the best coach in the league as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm just not sure why a lot of teams – I'm surprised that there wasn't a bidding war for Babcock because I knew that he would get this team into shape. They're there a year early uh, from most people's uh, standpoint, uh, but I'm not surprised. And the fact that he has them – it's a young team that luckily they have ignorance on their side because most of them aren't on the same team that collapsed against the Bruins a couple of years back. So they don't have that. But I think uh, they've got a great lockdown goaltender, and everybody is stepping up like they have to. They are all on fire. They're moving. So I think it's not necessarily Washington's lack of play. In fact, they're playing just, they're playing solid hockey. It's just... The Leafs are are the team that I think people are kind of overlooking right now. Yeah, we're talking about a very cool matchup would be Toronto-Edmonton, and that could happen, what it's saying now. That very, very well could happen. Uh, speaking of playoff, I wanted to, since we talked about cord cutting a little bit, I can watch almost every of these games on my Sling TV subscription, uh, NBC Sports, USA, CNBC, NHL Network. Uh, I can pretty much get them all. So that's why I'm watching the hockey, the playoffs. Uh, I might actually be right there with you at some point because I've been kind of splitting it out between, I mean, we get the Boston games, so that's not a big deal. Uh, but NBC has been filling in the gaps where they have. In fact, I was surprised. They've been showing a lot of these games. I know that uh, they're, they're um, showing the uh, Montreal-New uh, York game right now, and I think follow it a little bit later, depending on what time they finish up. Right now we have uh, the Rangers beating Montreal 2-1, to and Columbus jumped out ahead of Pittsburgh 3-1. to So I'll be very curious to see if Columbus can actually fight back from a 3-0 deficit. Speaking of that, do you know why NBC got uh, uh, a game last night that was supposed to be on USA? I'm guessing nobody wanted it. <laughs> no, uh, part of the part of the deal was, you know, when they got the rights, is if it's on Monday or Tuesday nights, we are not going to televise it if it interferes with the WWE because that gets such high ratings for them. They're not messing with it. They are not messing with it, so NBC picked the game up. And then. I'll give you two quick fun facts about that. So 
wrestling is huge. There's no doubt about it. In fact, um, for a short run, I know that for 25 straight years, the Boston Garden has sold out every WWE event. And that is nothing to sneeze at. That's 17,000 seats filled. And then um, one other interesting fact is that um, a study has shown that people will watch the storyline, they will drop off for four years, and then come back four years later. Exactly. And I was also reading another study on WWE is what gets higher ratings when wrestlers are talking or when wrestlers are wrestling? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to guess that these days it's probably more about the storylines than anything else. You are correct because they can tell on DVRs when people are fast-forwarding. What's happening is people are watching everything. They're watching the beginning of the match. They're skipping forward and watching the last minute of the match. And that's all they're pretty much watching. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's not just... You know, Georgia Championship wrestling days, you know, where, you know, you had a five-second talk and then you went out and you wrestled. It, it No, it's uh, it's all about the scripts and what's said and everything like that. So, and more power to them. You know, and like they said, that is an entertainment business. And they're giving people entertainment. They want it, they want it. If you don't like it, you don't have to. But I just like that little fact how they were not going to interfere with the wwe because it's such high ratings i, I just like that that was kind of cool to me and i'll leave you with one last anecdote when ted turner bought tnt many years ago uh it was uh, alleged that he had called vince mcmahon and said uh vince guess what i did and he goes i don't know he goes uh i bought myself tnt now i'm in the wrestling business and mcmahon said good for you we're in the entertainment business and hung up that's what it is. It, it's, it's, um, and I forgot who said it once. They says wrestling is not, they said it's not fake. It's all fixed, <laughs> which is pretty true. You know, yeah, some of the like blows aren't real, but, uh, you lift a 300 man up above your head. You're still lifting a 300 man above your head. So uh, enough about the wrestling talk. Uh, if you guys out there speaking of that want a special episode just on WWE every now and then, let us know, and uh, I think I can talk Bruce into we'll, we'll talk some wrestling, too. Or if somebody else wants to join us and kind of do a spinoff on this with just wrestling, uh, let me know again at Tracy at Podnets.com. So anything else before we kill the show off? No, but you, did you want to bring up the uh, Las Vegas Knights before we wrapped it up? Uh, the Las Vegas Knights. Yeah, I think I tagged it real quick. I think I said it before that the expansion draft – uh, I think I mentioned this when we recorded. Maybe not. The expansion draft is actually going to be on... Uh, let me open this file up. The expansion draft is going to be on June 21st, the same night as the NHL Awards. That's pretty dang cool. That was genius on the NHL part. Uh, I never watched the NHL Awards. I really didn't. I could have cared less. Oh, I'm watching it this year. There's no doubt in my mind. I I'm curious... Uh, there's a couple givens. You know who they're going to get from Pittsburgh as a goalie. You know, there's a couple probably givens that are out there, but I think they're going to be a little more competitive than people are thinking. Oh, they most definitely will. And they started off well because who is their coach? Exactly. And I think if they were smart, they'll grab a couple key veterans and then just get as many young players as they can. Uh, just try to build for two years from now instead of this year. Because if they build for this year, 
uh, they might be halfway good, but then they'll do nothing in the playoffs, and then they're three years away from uh, building up again. So, yeah, but uh, it's – and I'm curious of who's being protected and who's not. So you know some of those people with the over contracts are going to just be dangling out there for these guys to take some good players. So, yeah. All righty then. Anything before we uh, – wrap up the show then bruce no i think we're pretty good we covered a lot of ground today we covered a lot of ground yeah this i think was the longest show me and you did together so uh, again thank you everybody for listening to this we appreciate it you take a time out of your busy schedule downloading and listening to this podcast thank you very much any questions comments concerns and or corrections email tracy at podness.com and if you want to join us email me too and we'll get on there thanks again bruce having uh recording here with me everybody have a good day good week